0: Welcome to Zikudavsi, my name is Ram, Goldai, and there Mezek Baba Kama, Yud Beis. The first parak are Ba'avos. The first parak is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Moshe and Devorah Smith and is dedicated to our courageous soldiers of Sahal, the remarkable citizens of Israel, and to all incredible Jewish people. May Kosh watch over all of us and grant Israel a complete victory over Hamas and the return of all the hostages safely. So the we are going to focus on number one. The Gemara recorded a dispute if slaves are like Karka regarding being collected from orphans for their father's debt. The Gemara suggests that this is a to tonight because one Braise teaches, be'l-badim, if one acquires slaves with Chazaka, Okan he does not acquire the movable items, and another Braise teaches he does. Apparently, these two braces disagree if slaves are considered like Karka, which acquire Metaltin alongside them with kenyanaga. The Gemara responds that both Tanai may generally consider slaves like Karka, but the second Tanah holds that a Kenyan Agav requires Karka, which is like, or but Yehuda, fortified cities of Yehuda, based on the source Pazak of Agav, Dolnaidi, which do not move. Slaves are therefore disqualified from Kenyan Agav. Alternatively, the Gemara answers that both Tanai hold slaves are not like land and cannot affect Agav, and the writer which says that Matalthian are acquired with the slaves is speaking, but where they were physically on the slaves and are acquired through Chatzir, since a moving chatzu cannot acquire, the case must be where the slave is bound and cannot move. Point to the Mishnah daf Tess Amabase taught that one is only high for damages to properties which are not subject to me'ila. This implies that even if they are hectish, one would be high for damaging them, provided they are not subject to me'ila. Rabbi explains that the Mishnah refers to kachim kalim, Karbonis of lesser Kadusha, such as shlamim or bachor, and follows the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Agliu, who holds, about kachim kalim, mamun hu. it's the personal property, the owner. The Gemara quotes a mission that Kedushin made with one's portion from Kachin Khan is ineffective because it's not his, and asks if it disagrees with Rabbi Yossi Aglili. It answers that Rabbi Yossi Aglili only considers live karbanas to be personal property, but agrees that the meat portions of a karban do not belong to the recipients, rather, Khan Gavol Kazahu. They only acquire them from the table of the Most High, and only for eating. And point of the omission teaches that an unblemished bechor may be sold by a koan while it's alive, and a blemished one may be sold even after shechitah. Rav Nahum explained this refers to a bachor nowadays, which cannot be sacrificed, and so belongs to a kohen. Still, if it was shechted without a blemish, it's prohibited in benefit as a carbon shechted outside the migdash. While the base of migdash is standing, alive live unblemished bachor does not belong personally to the kohen. Rav Nahum was challenged from Rav Yosey who considers Kachim calling to be personal property even when the base of migdash is standing. Ravina answers that Rabbi Yossi discusses a bachor outside Eretz Yisrael, which Rabbi Shimon holds should not be brought to Eretz Yisrael to be sacrificed and is therefore the kohan's property. The Qumura clarifies that although Rabbi Yossi Aguli considers live kachim calling to be personal property, this does not include a Bakur which is practically eligible for a carbon. Shani Matnas kohuna, kohanim's gifts such as bachor are different because and Kavol Kazach, kohanim acquire them only from the table of the Most High with a mandate to sacrifice them and do not personally own them. So once again, the three points are number The Gemara recorded a dispute if slaves are like Karka regarding being collected from orphans for their father's death. The Gemara suggests that this is a to tonight because one Brisa teaches, if one acquires slaves with Chazaka, he does not acquire the movable items, and another Brisa teaches he does. Apparently, these two braces disagree if slaves are considered like Karka, which acquire Metaltin alongside them with kinyanaga. The Gemara responds that both Tanim may generally consider slaves like Karka, but the second tunnel holds that a Kenyan Agav requires Karka, which is like ar But by Yehuda, fortifies cities of Yehuda, based on the source pasuk of Agav, Dolonaydi, which do not move. Slaves are therefore disqualified from Kenyan Agav. Alternatively, the Gemara answers that both Tanim hold slaves are not like land and cannot affect Agav, and the Brice, which says the Metaltin are acquired with the slaves is speaking Ba'odunelav, where they were physically on the slaves and are acquired through Khadzer, since a moving Khatsu cannot acquire, the case must be where the slave is bound and cannot move. Pointing to the Mishnah and Daph, Tess Amabase, taught that one is only high for damages to properties which are not subject to me'ila. This implies that even if they are hectish, one would be high for damaging them, provided they're not subject to me'ila. Rabbi explains that the Mishnah refers to kachim Kalim, Karbonis of lesser Kadusha, such as shlamim or bachor, and follows the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Aglil, who holds, about kachim Kalim, mamun balimhu. It's the personal property, the owner. The more quotes a mission that Kedushin made with one's portion from Kachin kolim is ineffective because it's not his, and asks if it disagrees with Rabbi Yossi Aglili. It answers that Rabbi Yossi Aglili only considers live karbonas to be personal property, but agrees that the meat portions of a karban do not belong to the recipients, rather, Mosholchan Gavol Kazahu. They only acquire them from the table of the Most High, and only for eating. And point with the mission, it teaches that an unblemished Bechor may be sold by a Kohen while it's alive, and a blemished one may be sold even after shechita. Rav Nachman explained this refers to a bakhor nowadays, which cannot be sacrificed, and so belongs to a kohen. Still, if it was shechted without a blemish, it's prohibited in benefit as a carbon shechted outside the mikdash, While the base of migdash is standing, a live unblemished bachor does not belong personally to the kohen. Rav Nachman was challenged from Rabbi Yossi who considers kachim kohen to be personal property even when the base of mikdash is standing. Ravina answers that Rabbi Yossi discusses a b'chor outside Eretz Yisrael, which Rabbi Shimon holds should not be brought to Eretz Yisrael to be sacrificed, and is therefore the kohan's property. The Gemara clarifies that although Rabbi Yossi and considers live kachim calling to be personal property, this does not include a bachor which is practically eligible for a carbon. Shani Matnas kohuna. Kohanim's gifts, such as b'chor are different because Meshulchan Kavol hazachu. Kohanim acquire them only from the table of the Most High, with a mandate to sacrifice them and do not personally own them. All right, so now we go to Duff Yud Base, and our standard Simon is 12 brothers. 12 brothers. So here goes. The boy who picked up an evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers an evid is like Karka in terms of acquiring metaltain, with the Kinyanagav, accidentally dropped him on a lie before, making him chayev to pay damages to the cone who's trying to sell it, since nowadays it belongs to him. Once again, slow motion. The boy who picked up an evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers. Boy, 11 brothers, that must be on Yud Base. 12 brothers. The boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers and Evid is like Karka in terms of acquiring metaltaline, with a kinyanaga, which reminds us the more discusses of Avadim are like Karka regarding acquiring metaltaline along with them. So the boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers and Evid is like Karka in terms of acquiring metaltaline, with the kinyanaga accidentally dropped him on a live achor, making him chayv to pay damages, which reminds us the Mishan Daph Base taught that one is only chayv for damages to properties which are not subject to me'ila, now this implies that even if they're hectic, one would be chai for damaging them, provided they're not subject to me'ila. Rabbi Yochan explains that the mission refers to Kachim Kalim, Carbanus of lesser kedusha, such as Shalami Morbachor, and follows the opinion of Yossi Agri, who holds the Kachim Kalim Mamun Balimu. It's the personal property of the owner. So the boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers and Evid is like Kark in terms of acquiring metaltoline, with the Kenyan Agav accidentally dropped him on a lie before, making him chayev to pay damages to the cone who's trying to sell it since... Nowadays, it belongs to him, which reminds us a Mishnah teaches that an unblemished bachor may be sold by a Kohen while it's alive and a blemished one may be sold even after Shita. Rav Nachman explained this refers to a bechor nowadays, which cannot be sacrificed and so belongs to a Kohen. Still, if it was shechted without a blemish, it's prohibited and benefit as a carbon shechted outside the Mikdash. While the base of Mikdash are standing, a live unblemished bachor does not belong personally to the Kohen. Rav Nachman was challenged from Rav Yossi Agli, who considers Kachim calling to be personal property, even with the base of Mikdash is standing. Ravina answers Rav Yossi discussed of outside Eretz Yisrael, which Rabbi Shimon holds should not be brought to Eretz Yisrael to be sacrificed and is therefore the Cohen's property. So, once again, the boy who picked up an evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers, and the evid is like Kark in terms of acquiring Metaltlin with a kinyan Agav, accidentally dropped him on a live Bachor, making Mikhaev to pay damages to the Kohen who's trying to sell it since nowadays it belongs to him. Alright, so now it's time for 4 Chazar. Tav Ches. So, the simon is Challah, and we often use a baker. So, here goes. The baker, baker, that must mean dove Ches, chala. The baker who bought Bainaniz, Ziboris, and then Edis land from the same seller to build a bakery and was now trying to fend off the sellers Balchov, Nizak, and ex-wife who wanted to collect from the Edis, which reminds us the more discusses a purchaser of all grades of land on different days where he bought the Edis last and we learn that he can prevent the ksuba and debt collections from the Edis. So the baker who bought Bainanese, Ziboris, and then Edis land from the same seller to build a bakery, and was now trying to fend off the seller's Balchav, Nizak, and ex-wife, who wanted to collect from the Edis, wish he would have only bought Edis and Ziboris so he could tell the Balchav to collect Bainanese from the debtor, which reminds us, Ravis says that if Reuben sold all his fields to Shimon, and Shimon then sold one of them to Levi, and Reuben's creditor came to collect his debt, if he wants, he can collect from Shimon, or if he wants, he can collect from Levi. Now, this is only true where Levi bought Baininis from Shimon, which is the creditor's entitlement. But if he bought Edis and Zeboris, Levi could say to him, this is why I was careful and only bought Edis and Ziboris, which are lands that are not fit for you. So the baker bought Beninies, Zeboris, and then Edis land from the same seller to build a bakery, and was now trying to fend off the seller's balchov, Nizak, and ex-wife, who wanted to collect from the Edis, wished he would have only bought Edis and Zeboris, so he could tell the balchov to collect Baininis from the debtor, and was delighted when the debtor tried to intercede and claim. He already paid. Which reminds us, a seller can intercede where his creditor attempts to collect from the buyer, either because the buyer will then come to collect from him, or, in a case where he sold the property without a chrys, he doesn't want the buyer to have complaints against him. Dov test. So the similar Dov test is a teapot. So here goes. The brother sitting around drinking tea. Tea! That must be around Dov test. Tea. Teapot the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they were like yorshin or lukuchos after dividing their father's estate which reminds us there's a malchokas of brothers who divide an estate like yorshin or lukuchos the nafkamina is the case where brothers divided their father's estate and the father's creditor collected his debt from one brother if they're like yorshin this brother can be compensated but if they're like lukuchos then he doesn't get anything so the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they're like yorshin or lukuchos after dividing their father's estate were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an Esrog, which he spent a third more on, which reminds us Rabbi Bizera taught, Hider mitzvah mitzvah. Regarding Hider Mitzvah one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. And he was quoted as saying michelo, up to a third must be funded from one's own assets. from there on if he spends more, it will be funded, meaning reimbursed, from a So, the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing, whether they were like Yorshin or Hukukhos, after dividing their father's estate, were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, who asked them if it was really wise to leave their children to guard over a shore, a bore, and a burning coal, which reminds us. The next mission of So anything I am obligated to guard from damaging, esnizko, I have caused the damage it does, if I did not guard it adequately. A bright illustrates this. Shor ubor shemasnu l'cher shots that knocks or pit that one left under the watch of a deaf mute, an insane person, or a minor, he's responsible for their damages. If you left a fire under the watch, he's exempt from its damages. The distinction is explained in two ways. Daf Yud. So the simur Daf Yud is a minion of Yidden. So here it goes. The groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yidden's new shul, minion of Yidden? That must mean we Daf Yud. The groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yina's new shul was a disaster when an animal fell into a pit and died right after the president had dug the 10th tefach, which reminds us, the Mishan Daft Testament base had stated If I caused part of the damage, I'm liable in payment of his damage, like causing the whole damage. A bright illustrates that if one digs a pit ninth tefachim deep and another comes along and completes it to a depth of 10th tefachim, the last person alone is chay for death, or damages it causes. Thus, although the second person only increased the pit's capacity for damage, he's fully culpable for its damages. So the groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yin's new shul was a disaster when an animal fell into a pit and died right after the present had dug the 10th Tefah. Just as a bench holding five members collapsed after a heavy member sat down as well, which reminds us, a Bryson brings a case where five people were sitting on a bench and did not break it from their combined weight. And then one more person came and sat on it and broke it. This last person is fully liable. The Bryson is discussing someone like Papa Baraba, who was extraordinarily heavy and did not have permission to use the bench. So the groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yin's new shul was a disaster. When an animal fell into a pit and died right after the president had dug the 10th tefach, just as a bench holding five members collapsed after a heavy member sat down as well, while the stench from the navel wafted over the knees cried out, that it was depreciating, which reminds us, the Gemara notes that the Mishnah did not state Chavdi ben Banisko, I'm liable for his damage, but Bitashuminisko in the payment of his damage, which carries the connotation of Hashlama, completion. This teaches Shabali Matapanavela that the owner of the killed animal must deal with the carcass in terms in terms of Phasnavela. The carcass depreciation. Since it belongs to the owner immediately, he suffers the loss of any further depreciation between its death and the court case. Duff Yudolf said the Simmer Duff Yudolf, his stars like the eleven stars in Yosef's dream. So here goes. When the thief threw a blanket, decorating stars, stars, that must and Duff. When the thief threw a blanket decorating stars over the rotting carcass, he had to keep because ain't chumming lo which reminds us, Shmuel said ain't chumming lo We do not evaluate for a thief or a robber the carcass of a stolen animal which died. Rather, they keep the carcass and pay in full. Elin and we only evaluate a carcass for cases of damages. Tosis explains that although generally one can pay with anything of value, thieves cannot because the Torah requires them to fully replace the stolen item or its value and money. So when the thief threw a blanket decorating stars over the rotting carcass he had to keep because ain't shaming a gun of, his wife, who just miscarried a Shulia over two days, demanded he get it out of the house, which reminds the discusses discusses how we count a woman's tumor if a Shulia, an amniotic sac, partially emerged during a miscarriage of one day and finished emerging the next day. So when the thief threw a blanket decorating stars over the rotting carcass he had to keep because ain't shamin Oganov, his wife, who just miscarried a shulia over two days, demanded he get it out of the house, while his shomer guarding his getaway car got another shomer to watch it because he couldn't take the smell, which reminds more, brings of whether a shomer who transferred something he was washing to another shomer is exempt from damages to the item. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which something nothing when a person who digs the 10th tefach in a pit is chive if an animal falls in and dies? That's on duff. Good, Good. number two, which something when a purchaser of all grades of land can prevent exuba and debt collections from the edis? That's on duff. Ches. Good number three, which something when one would be chive for damages to a live kaj and kalim, such as a bachor or shlaming? That's on duff. Yud Good number four. Which duft do we have in the is whether a shomer who gets another shomer to watch the item is high for damages? That's on duff. Yud. Good number five. Which stuff do you discuss if Vladimir like Lekark regarding acquiring metaltolene along with them? That's on duff. Yud Good number six. Which stuff? when the Nisak is responsible for Pachas the depreciation of the animal between its time of death and the court case? That's on duff. Yud. Good number seven. Wish that the were in the Ravina says that Tzadashava in the mission is coming to include a tree or wall that fell into Rishus of Ravin. That's on daf. Good number eight. Wish that the one in Hither Mitzvah Ad Shlish. Regarding Hidroba Mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost on the Mitzvah itself. That's on test Task. Good number nine. Wish that the were in the Nowadays, an unblemished Bechor may be sold by a Kohen while it's alive. That's on daf. Good number ten. Which they learned that the word yashiv in the pasuk is to include shavikhes of even subin as payment. That's on dav. Zion, excellent. That concludes the shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldthor from Zichron A great day and great learning.